Hello and how are you feeling today? Welcome to With Feelings, the podcast that will help you understand and take control of your emotions to create the life you want. I am your host Stephanie and today we are joined with Louise. Hello Louise. Hi. Hi. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, so my name is Louise Ryder and I am a cycle-empowered coach and fertility awareness educator. And what that means is that I teach natural contraception and sometimes I help couples try to conceive uh, try to conceive as well. And I also teach menstrual cycle awareness as taught by Red School, who I also happen to work for. And in that capacity, I coach women, primarily women, but also I'm open to working with anyone with a menstrual cycle to really harness the power of their menstrual cycle to as a tool for personal development, as a tool to make their lives easier and often as a tool to make their business easier as well. That's something that I'm really passionate about is working with female entrepreneurs to support them and their businesses and make business cyclical rather than linear, which is what most all, let's face it, structures are currently. Yes, that's, um, I think, understanding the cycle makes everything easier in life for Mm -hmm. us women. So should we start with um, the basics that we should all know about the menstrual cycle? Yeah. So when people think about the menstrual cycle, the first thing they think about is periods. And actually the menstrual cycle, at least in the context that we're going to talk about today, is a period is, is a part of it. A period is when it starts, a new cycle starts. But really the cycle is the undertone of our whole lives as menstruating people. So at a scientific level, the purpose of the cycle is that you ovulate. And then if that egg isn't fertilized, roughly two weeks later, you have a period and the whole thing starts again. But on a sort of more spiritual, personal level, the changing hormones that change throughout our body over the course of the month are massive orchestrators of our whole lives, our personalities, our stress levels, our sex drive. And so whilst the happenings might be basic, like, okay, great, so you ovulate and you have a period, actually everything that happens to make those things happen is what makes women change, women, people with menstrual cycles, change every day, really. It depends what point in the cycle you're in. Sometimes are more consistent hormonally from day to day than others. But really, if you were to take a snapshot of a person's hormones at different points in their cycle, you would see a different concoction. And we're covered in sex hormone receptors all over our bodies, but a lot in our brains. And so what our hormones are doing is having an impact on how we are and how we feel from day to day and what feels easier and what feels harder. And so through menstrual cycle awareness, we pay attention to those changes and we essentially use them to plan our lives. Perfect. I I heard uh, about... uh 
the four seasons of yeah. the cycle? Yeah. So the four seasons were developed by Alexandra Pope and Shani Hugo Wurlitzer at Red School. So Alexandra was the first one ever to talk about them in her book, The Pill, Are You Sure It's For You? And the idea is that through the course of the cycle, we go through the seasons of the year. So our period is our inner winter. It's when we're at our most internal. It's when kind of the lights are on inside of us, if you like, so we can really see ourselves and the lights outside of us are darker. So we really want to take the time to rest, to go into ourselves, we say to surrender. And one thing I always like to point out at this point is people think that the idea of a, a good period is pain-free. And actually the truth is, there's a whole, the spectrum kind of carries on into bliss and ecstasy and really heightened states, almost like a natural high that you have access to in the inner winter if you take the time, if you're able to take the time to go there. And that was a slight tangent, but then we move through into the inner spring, which is the time between the period and ovulation. And the inner spring is all about growth. So it's about innocence and play and really nurturing your ideas. So we say during the inner winter, you're likely to get ideas, um, solutions to problems that you've been having. And in the inner spring, you get to really like play with that and see like, you don't have to make any decisions. It's just about going like, oh, there are all these possibilities out there that I could do and sort of not committing to any of them and just letting yourself be really innocent and, and hold on to whatever it is you've been working on or you've been thinking of. <laughs> and then we come to the inner summer, which is around ovulation. And this is the kind of most societally acceptable time of the cycle. It's when we're at our most productive, at our most sexy, um, our sex drive is highest. We are very social. We want to be out in the world. So if we think back to that analogy about the lights, it's kind of like the lights are off inside of us and they are on to the external world. So we can often forget ourselves a little bit in the inner summer because we're so busy being everything to everyone else and getting out in the world and, and enjoying ourselves. And this is when we can really, we say like, show yourself. So. In the inner winter, you sort of see who you are and the inner summer is about really bringing who you are out into the world in whatever way makes sense for you. And then finally, we come to the inner autumn, which is between ovulation and the next period. And this is, the, the inner autumn has a bad reputation because of PMS, you know, bad moods, crying, snacking, all of these things, but actually, when we practice menstrual cycle awareness, we see the value in the inner autumn. And we know that it's a brilliant time for editing, for figuring out like, what do we really want in our life and what don't we want? Like we talk about no energy in the inner autumn. It's like, you know, you were really, I don't know, into that guy. And then 
you get to your divorce and be like, oh, him? No. And it's like, it's like through each of the seasons, you get this taste of almost like four different versions of yourself that you get to try out and see like, is that me? Is that me? And if you really let yourself go there and feel who you are in each of those seasons, you can really use that to fuel your decision making, um, the relationships that you form, the work that you do. And the inner autumn in particular is brilliant for feeling into like what is really true. Because if there's a lot of rage coming up or something, that's not from nowhere. And so we, we think about it like breadcrumbs, whatever is going on in the inner autumn, there's an essence that is true as part of it. And, and we want to figure out what that is. So do you think everyone is feeling all of these um, seasons the same way? Because I used to feel my autumn really strong. <laughs> like I would be sleepy, I would be angry the whole time, I would be eating everything that I found <laughs> I found on the yeah. street. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> at the moment, Uh, I don't know if it is the change of the season because we're in between some in between between summer and uh, <laughs> autumn I am not feeling the autumn mm-hmm. so do so, you think everyone is feeling it no I don't and and here's why we we have our cycle which is kind of the base note of everything But we also have, like you said, we have the external seasons, we have what the moon is doing, we have our health, we have what's going on in our lives, we have the environment that we live in. And all of these things have an impact on how we feel. Like our cycle is the is the base note, but it isn't the be all and end all. Like you're still gonna be, I don't know, happy and relaxed if you're on holiday you're still going to be stressed if you've got a big deadline coming up at work the cycle will have an impact on how you experience that but it's not the be all and end all it's a useful tool a useful piece of information to add a layer of your human experience and it's the base layer so it's really important but it's not where it ends and what i like to think so A lot of people can get really hung up on, so Wild Power is the book that Red School wrote. It's like the cycle awareness Bible. And it describes the inner seasons and the powers of the seasons and how it all works. And what people often do is they get really hung up on it and like, oh, I'm in my inner summer, but I'm really tired. And like, what is wrong with me then? And there's this rule that they call the big red rule And it's that your experience of your own cycle is more important than what's written in wildpower, than what anyone on Instagram says. Like, ultimately, cycle awareness is about embodiment. It's about living in your true human experience. And if that's different to what's been written about or experienced by others, then that's absolutely fine. And it's also important if there are places, like if someone isn't experiencing... Um, changes at all or if 
they they are feeling really kind of out of whack with the archetypal cycle um it's really worth tuning in anyway to the energies that are available and seeing like is there a way that you can get some of the essence of each of the seasons because i like to think of it like a spiral so you're going through each of the seasons and it's each cycle is an opportunity for personal growth but the seasons go in order so if you sort of miss your rest during your period then you're you sort of miss the doorway into the inner spring you're going to get the fullest possible experience you can go in and dabble but it's not going to be the same and so by really consciously engaging with the archetypal cycle whilst acknowledging whatever is happening you might well bring yourself into some level of harmony and some level of experience in the seasons anyway okay so because now now I was just thinking about it mm-hmm. you know you were saying uh during uh, summer yeah. during the ovulation you sh- it's the period where you are most product most productive uh, the sexiest mm-hmm. on my ovulation I am I think the ugliest <laughs> I mean not, not not the I don't feel I I don't feel like I can I can um tell myself oh I'm so sexy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because I think I wrote also on the Facebook page I was like oh ladies um is it normal that I'm really bloated on my uh ovulation period mm-hmm. and uh, some people were answering that it's normal it can yeah i don't do anything that's sort of medical to do with the cycle so i i can't comment on exactly why that's happening but it it does it can be a side effect of ovulation and in terms of not feeling that energy there's a couple of ways that we go about this because really like it's fun to experience that energy right so if there's a way to access it most people would would want that and there are a couple of ways that we can that we can work on it we don't look directly at the inner summer itself we look either at the opposite season or we look at the one that went before so in practice what i mean is are you resting during your period are you I I wish I can. So, so this is this is where the sort of the magic is. <laughs> Often what there's yeah. sort of by the time we get to where it's glitching it's because something wasn't in place before. So it works in order. So if you get really good rest during your period and then you're able to come out slowly and sort of pick up again during the end of spring chances are by the time you get to the end of summer you're going to get to experience that energy but if you're having to continue as normal during your period and not get any rest chances are you're not going to get to experience the archetypal in a summer maybe that's that makes sense on why at the moment i don't feel the autumn yeah <laughs> 
because I rested my whole ovulation. I was just resting. <laughs> so the period before, I was—I mean, the you know, like the the summer, because I was feeling, you know, tired and bloated and everything. It was just weird. Maybe I rested. And then now that I and the thing is, I would fully support resting because you were tired. But it's a case of putting the ducks in a row. So it's like, okay, so you rest during your period, you make sure you come out slowly, then you get your brilliant inner summer energy, and then your inner autumn will come around and and feel like an inner autumn. Yes, the problem with uh, you know like resting during your. your period it's a little bit difficult because I think the workplaces are not counting on that yeah you know like the uh, the amount of job it's always I I mean it's always the same for a woman Mm -hmm. every day and it doesn't change because oh she's on her period now so let's see yeah <laughs> it's a real challenge and it's one that I hope will change over the coming years to allow us to be cyclical because we are and because it benefits workplaces for us to be allowed to be cyclical but until that day what's really important is that we take responsibility for whatever we can take responsibility for so even if you still got to go to the office and work for eight hours when you're on your period you wouldn't for example then go out for dinner with friends afterwards you know you would go home and rest or you might I don't know use a meal delivery service so that you're not having to go home and cook for yourself or you might ask a partner to help you with jobs around the house or you might have a nap when you get in from work it's about finding the little places where it's like okay I cannot change that I've got to go to work that's just what I've got to do but can I do the bare minimum (laughs) when I'm there like how little can I get away with and that might not be practical right like someone might work in a and E or something where it's just not an option. So again, it's about what can you do? What can you, can you even just eat really nourishing meals so that your body doesn't have the stress of digesting something that you're intolerant to or that's unhealthy? Like, where are all of the little places that you can just tighten things up so that you're supporting yourself in in any way that is within your control? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean here at home, my husband had to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking earlier about you know my period pain and everything, and uh, unfortunately for him, um, when we started our relationship, that was the very first time he ever heard about period pain or being really tired with period because you know like he has two other brothers no one else no i mean the mom but yeah (laughs) it it doesn't come naturally to just Mm -hmm. 
speak to guys, to men, boys uh, about the menstrual cycle. At the start you were talking about uh, using uh, natural methods for contraception? Yeah. So no, no pill. pill. Oh. Would you like an explanation? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I never used to pill because um, mm-hmm. I find it a little bit, I don't know. I, I don't really trust it. <laughs> don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, a very quick lesson, women are only fertile for about six days of every menstrual cycle and those six days are made up of the day that ovulation happens and the fact that sperm can live for up to five days in fertile cervical mucus. Outside of that window, a pregnancy is not possible. So, what we do when we practice fertility awareness is we take our temperature every morning when we wake up and we track our cervical mucus when we go to the bathroom. So we see like, what does it look like? And this is what some people call discharge. It's like, what am I observing in terms of the feeling when I wipe? And the temperature is relevant because in the first half of the cycle, so before ovulation, temperature is low. And then after ovulation, the temperature rises by about 0.2 degrees Celsius, half a degree Fahrenheit. And when we see a sustained rise in temperature, we know that ovulation has happened because that heating up happens in response to progesterone in the body, which is only produced as a result of ovulation. And then the cervical mucus is produced in response to estrogen, which is produced by the developing follicles, so the developing eggs in the ovary. And we can notice a pattern in the mucus which changes and becomes more fertile in approach to ovulation. And then it quickly either dries up or it changes to something that's less fertile that we can observe when we learn the method. So what we do when we use this for contraception is we track those two things. We can also add in cervical position tracking, but I I, I tend to avoid it if I can, um, only because it's less reliable than the other two. But we track these things every day. We keep a chart with them on, and then we make decisions about whether or not we're gonna have unprotected sex based on whether or not we're fertile that day. So we add a buffer around that sort of six day window of fertility to make sure we're completely clear, completely safe. But outside of that window, which normally ends up being about 10 days, depends on the, on the person. Outside of that window, you can have unprotected sex. And of course I say this, this is a very brief lesson. It's not like listen to this podcast, go and take your temperature and have at it. This is something that you learn with an instructor like myself over a course of a few months, normally about six months to a year to really dial down on the method and completely understand what it is you're tracking, how it is you're charting and how you're interpreting your own information. we just track this, but we need an instructor, okay. (laughs) 
yes, highly recommended instructor. There are apps out there now, but the apps that and and instructors have a bit of a um, we have a bit of a problem with the apps because they're not meant to be used for contraception, but they have very aggressive marketing which targets people who want contraception. But actually the problem with an app is it cannot respond in real time to your fertility. So it's 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 looking at like when do you normally ovulate and it's assuming when you'll be fertile or not. The problem with that is ovulation is really a moving target. It responds to stress, it responds to your environment. You're 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 not gonna always ovulate on the same day, even if you are someone with a really regular cycle. And an app just cannot know that, an algorithm can't know it. And especially for people who are like coming off the pill or something and their cycle is irregular, really unsuitable to use an app. Okay. But that's not, they're not forthcoming with that in their marketing. And then we end up as instructors with people who are like, oh, I was using an app and I got pregnant. Now please really teach me how to actually use it so I don't get pregnant again accidentally. And it's really sad that because of marketing tactics, people think they're using something that is like FDA approved as contraception. Brilliant, but it's, it's not. It's much more important to actually know what it is that you're looking for and to interpret yeah. your own information. So, because I'm using an app at the moment, not not for con- contraception, but just to um, okay. say journal when my period is coming. Okay. And uh, for example, you know, like how I feel, mm. like if I have any yeah. pain, if I am bloated. And I noticed mm. that, I don't know, maybe I do, I am late, three days and the app is already saying to me that it's irregular that my cycle is irregular so the so (laughs) I you can tell I don't like apps (laughs) so Having a cycle that varies by a few days doesn't make it an irregular cycle. It's really, really normal for ovulation to move. And when ovulation moves, our period moves. Because if we think of the cycle in two halves, we have the bit from the period to ovulation, and then we have from ovulation back to the period. That second bit, ovulation back to the period, is stable. So, For example, mine is 12 days. It is 12 days and it will be 12 days because that's how long my luteal phase is. Yours might be 14, someone else's might be 15. Unless we really drastically change our supplements, our diet, something like that, it's gonna stay as it is. The bit that moves is between the period and ovulation because ovulation, as I said, is responsive to what's going on in your environment. If you think of us in animal terms, our bodies aren't going to ovulate if we think that it's not a good environment to conceive. So we're always picking up on stress, 
on medication that we're on, on our diet, things like this. And ovulation will happen when it wants to based on our environment. Wow. So late periods aren't ever, I say a period's like Gandalf, it's never late. It always arrives exactly when it means to. The only thing that is late ever is ovulation. And so when we're tracking ovulation, we can say exactly when our period will be due because we can just count however many days our luteal phase is and then we know when we're going to bleed. Three days is not an irregular. If it's varying by three days, that's not irregular. It's very normal. I would like, if, if the cycle is remaining between like a 20... I don't know, 27 to 33 day range. Like if it's within a week, I wouldn't call that a regular. It's okay, my app was wrong. <laughs> no more apps, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no more apps. No, but it sounds like you're just using an app to, to, to track how you're feeling, not for contraception, which is, which is fine. Like if yeah, it works. Yeah, because you know, sometimes I forget you know like I don't know you go to the doctor and then the doctor is like oh when was your last period and you're like I don't know <laughs> so then that's that's why I started yeah yeah and I don't have a problem at all with people using apps to track when they're bleeding or or um, anything else like it's it's when people are relying on an app for contraception without the education to back it up because I think there are some things that are worth the risk like there are some places where it's fine to cut corners contraception is not one of them like contraception you, you no one's interested in a 93% efficacy you know like hoping that they won't be in the 7% like if you want to not be pregnant you want to not be pregnant and you can't be half pregnant you know you, yes. like you are or you're not <laughs> so it's 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 not worth it <laughs> to rely on something that's so inaccurate so we did receive some questions online should we mm-hmm. start um, yeah. so does menstrual cycle affect fertility if yes how So the menstrual cycle really is, it's interchangeable with fertility. So we could call it the fertility cycle, the ovulation cycle, the menstrual cycle. It's all part of the same thing. Your fertility changes over the course of the cycle. So there are times in the cycle when you're fertile and times in the cycle when you're not fertile. But really the menstrual cycle and your fertility are like one and the same thing it's just you know it's different names different structures um no. for the cycle oh yeah yeah well you were just teaching us <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> and then this is really interesting and we touched into the uh, topic why should i be aware of my fertility period when i am not trying to have a baby You know, so 
fertility. So there's um, a woman called Lisa Hendrickson Jack who wrote the book The Fifth Vital Sign, and I highly recommend that for anyone, for anyone, honestly, regardless of whether or not you want to conceive now or ever. It's really important to have a natural menstrual cycle because our menstrual cycle and ovulating is how we create hormones. And our hormones aren't only for making babies, like they, they affect our stress, they affect our health, <clears throat> they affect our brains, they affect who we're attracted to. So regardless if we ever want to conceive or not, we still want to ovulate, we still want to be fertile because our menstrual cycle is going to give us that feedback about our health and it's going to in turn give us back our health through producing the hormones that we need. And so if someone doesn't want to conceive, regardless of what they use for contraception, and here I'm really talking about like condoms and stuff because the pill is a whole different ball game that shuts down the whole thing. The if someone doesn't want to conceive, it's still very much in their interest to ovulate and have a natural cycle for their health. And because then if, you, if you're if you having a healthy ovulation, it's really easy to track that and to use your, yeah. to use your cycle and as your contraception. So then it is important for all of us, you know, to have, I think, a um, coach like you. <laughs> to learn more. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, this is really sad. Yeah. At school, fertility is never talked about. Why? It is really sad. And what makes me so sad is that actually, I think knowing about your fertility is one of the most empowering things that you can know because this is how life is created. And it's really sad that that is kept from us because there's so much taboo in society about talking about sex. <laughs> And so teachers don't want to talk about sex because then the students are going to ask them questions and that's uncomfortable. And it's really sad because it means that I have clients coming to me in their late 30s who've been trying to have a baby for nine months and who work with me for one month and, and, and conceive because they just weren't having sex at the right time. Like that's the impact that not having this information has on people. It's so much stress that's really unnecessary. And it results in people doing things like shutting down their whole cycle, using the pill because they just don't know how important it is. And it all comes down to that societal shame that we have. And I think there's also, it's not given the importance that it deserves. And honestly, I think that is in part to do with hormonal contraception because it's like, well, we can just shut it down. We don't need to, you don't need a cycle. You don't need to talk about it because just go on the pill. And then when you want to get pregnant, come off it. And it's not that straightforward at all. But because that's an option and because that's the option that most people take, there's no urgency. There's no need for that to change. You know, there's nothing on school saying like, you must change this, you must teach people about their fertility because it's like, no, we've already got the solution to that. It's just shut the whole thing down. 
So it's just this sort of perfect concoction that goes against. Yeah. Uh, now, now you were just saying, you know, like people are just shutting things down with the, the pill, and I was just thinking that when my sister had problems with the acne, the doctor just gave her the pill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm just like, yeah. we didn't. We were just like, oh, why the pill? But um, the explanation of the doctor in that moment, it was, oh, because um, acne is a problem with hormones. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then I don't know what happened. I think think that was the moment where my sister went through a lot of changes and just decided to go off the pill and I don't know like I saw people around me taking the pill and I don't know their their mood was always really bad (laughs) so I associated the pill to something really bad in you know like that that's why I was just like no no I don't want it Yeah, well, something crazy like 60% of people who are on the pill aren't on it just for contraception. You know, it's it, it's because of acne or, you know, endometriosis, fibroids, things like this, that it's just the pill is just given as like the be all end all of women's health problems. And actually it causes a whole load of health problems, particularly mental health problems. But whenever they do the studies, the outcome, regardless of how bad it is, there's always a line that says, but ultimately an unplanned pregnancy is the worst possible thing anyway, so that mitigates any other side effects, including side effects like a threefold increase in suicidal thoughts for teenagers. But, you know, (laughs) God forbid they got pregnant, so, you know. We'll continue yes. to give uh, it to you. Another question. There is not a pill for men, right? Yeah. There isn't. There is actually one that's... Um, they did trials for a pill for men. But they cut the trial early because of the side effects like depression, weight gain, mental health issues, anxiety... These were unacceptable side effects for the men, the so they cut the trial early. We women have exactly, yeah. But they, it wasn't acceptable for the men to feel that way. Um, there are, there is a study happening at the moment for a new pill. There's also another device that's currently under. I think it's under FDA, like it's going through the FDA process, which is a another type of male contraceptive that involves stopping the passage of sperm um, to the prostate. So that's in development. Really, like it is male fertility that is the, the one that, I mean, it, they're fertile 24 seven, so they could impregnate however many women a day they can uh, handle. <laughs> And whereas we can only become pregnant, you know, once every nine months, it's we're not the problem here, <laughs> but we're the ones who bear the brunt of the solution when it comes to contraception, unfortunately. These went uh, really deep. 
I, I didn't expect this. <laughs> now I have. I I wonder how many men would take the pill. That would be a question to all of <laughs> to all of my male question. friends, and then I will come back to you and let you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, another question is: Is period pain normal? So some discomfort is normal. So, like, ultimately, your uterus is cramping and releasing the lining so some you know to be able to feel that is 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 reasonable but any pain that interferes with your daily life any pain that is sort of that requires pain relief or um or that is disruptive to you and 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 uncomfortable to you is not normal and it is very common but it's not normal like any pain that is debilitating in any way any pain that is too much just for you like you 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 have your own pain threshold right like if, if it's too painful for you then that's that's worthy of more attention like it's it's absolutely not normal or healthy to be experiencing really severe menstrual pain and what is generally given is the pill but actually if there is really severe pain then the, there's going to be something that's causing that whether it's something like your body screaming out for help because you need to rest which is can be really that can have a massive effect on pain the simple act of resting but if it's really debilitating more likely something else is going on could be endometriosis um, or any number of other health problems that deserve to be investigated and treated so that you can get to the root cause of the pain rather than going on the pill just to put a plaster on it and then just basically kicking the problem further down the road like if you don't know what's causing the pain it's not going to go away on its own um so the problem now is okay let's say my case right um i was uh, i had endometriosis two times first one mm-hmm. i had a surgery and the second one they suggested me to take a pill for for the pain but if you don't want to take the pill then what do you do it's really challenging and honestly it's not my area of expertise like I don't do anything medical at all yeah so it's 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 not my place to comment but what my advice would be if I was working with someone who was in that position would be to work with a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner or a really good naturopath or a really good herbalist an acupuncturist whatever's sort of within budget is to work with natural health practitioners and Chinese medicine practitioners to get to the root cause of what it is that's causing it so that you can manage, if not eliminate it. Okay. 
I tried. And there are some good, there are some great books out there. Like you know, if if the people like working with a naturopath is out of range, which it you know is for a lot of us. Like Nicole Jardim wrote a book. It's called Fix Your Period. Uh, you have the Period Repair Manual by Lara Bryden. There are a number of books out there that are you know helpful and supportive and that might just help people a little further yeah i just heard about these books like a few months ago never yeah. heard about them before yeah but i saw the publishing dates are like probably like five years ago some of them yeah period uh, period repair manual has been out for a while fix your period less less long but yeah can i make my period come earlier um not if you not necessarily no i mean the rock i'm not gonna give the advice there are if they google how to do that and they find a herbalist online they'll find a couple of strategies that could make it come earlier absolutely not my area of expertise so i'm absolutely not gonna get into it the only way that otherwise that you would make your period come earlier would be to ovulate earlier so so the you know well not really if you're if you've got a long cycle that means that you're ovulating late and if you're ovulating late there's going to be some reason behind why you're ovulating late like stress health problems I don't know, you know, any number of, of environmental factors that are causing you to ovulate late. If you were to work on those factors, reduce your stress levels, improve your health, ovulation is likely to move earlier and then your cycle will be overall more within a healthy range. So that's a long game of ultimately like shortening your cycle from a long range into a healthy range is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just shortening it from 28 to 20 days. Um, but I think their question is, can, can I make myself bleed on Wednesday instead of Sunday? And the answer to that is not really, highly wouldn't recommend. Um, they might find something online if they look for a herbalist. But again, I, I, uh, I found uh, I found some weird ones. Yeah, there are some weird ones out there. Yeah, like having a bath with a glass of red wine. <laughs> That's not gonna do it. <laughs> the, the only thing that can make you, it's like really drunk, I think. That's not gonna, no. It won't work. <laughs> Simple as can confirm that bullshit. <laughs> I think it's just like the good recipe for a Friday evening. Yeah, it sounds like a good time, but it's not going to make your period come. I will rephrase this one. (laughs) Yeah. Which uh, I think it says, why do I have a strong sense of smell during my period? (laughs) And I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other strong sense during that time? I have a heightened sense of the energy in my body and I feel 
much more connected to myself, connected to the energy around me and the sort of forces moving around me and within me. Maybe it's some version of that that is, is creating like a heightened environmental awareness. Like I'm not sure, but there's nothing. Not because, one of the because that I, I am, uh, I'm really sensible to smell during my period, mm. and it's not nice sometimes, <laughs> especially in the tube, especially in the tube during summer. Not it could, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or the other one would be, this is a really really weird one. Mm. I feel my body circulating on in my legs mm. it, wow. it's really weird i am like i'm sitting down and i feel every little vein wow and I'm just isn't like, this is at what point in the cycle no no d- during the period right that makes sense Did to me that it... you're more attuned to what's going on in your body you can really feel what's going on in your body. And if you imagine all of the things that are happening with digesting food, our heart is beating, we're breathing, like there's so many things that are just completely happening unconsciously. And during our period, if we really drop into it, you can access all kinds, it's wild. Yes, sometimes I'm really overwhelmed. I'm like, there is blood. circling in my veins (laughs) yeah it's like a it can it can be like a natural high you can there are times when i'm like whoa i shouldn't drive right now like i'm out of it it's amazing (laughs) fertility is commonly spoken between women but not men why I think it's because women bear the brunt of any mishaps, you know, we're the ones who carry pregnancy and we're the ones who go through the cycle. You know, for men it doesn't change, they're just fertile. There's no... Do you think there um, are more women infertile than men? I don't know. Because I never I, heard yeah. any anyone talking. There about are it. men who are infertile. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to quote statistics off the top of my head just because I don't know them off the top of my head. You know, <laughs> yeah. percentages of, of who's infertile for what reason. Um, but there are you know fertility is is combined and often you know a woman might be really heavily investigated and actually it's it's the male partner that's that's infertile so really important for anyone who is trying to conceive ever to to bear in mind that fertility is a joint operation and both partners need to be on board with with optimizing their fertility and then fertility itself when it comes to like will the egg and the sperm you know will the sperm be able to fertilize the egg some really interesting new research coming out that says that it's the egg who chooses the sperm and that in some cases of unexplained infertility it might be that the egg and the sperm the egg is essentially rejecting that partner's sperm 
it's very new research and we're all really keeping our eye on it because it's fascinating. Wow. If my period is irregular or painful, does it mean I am infertile? No, not necessarily. If it's irregular or it's painful, it's a symptom of something. That's not necessarily infertility. And actually, if they were to practice fertility awareness, if they were to start taking their temperature and tracking their mucus, they would know. They would at least know whether or not they were ovulating, which is sort of step one. Can you not ovulate and then have period? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, not all not all periods. Well, all true periods follow ovulation. Like the definition of a period is, is bleeding that follows ovulation. You know, about two weeks later. But no, the, the the uterine lining can build up, and you can still have a period even without ovulation. This is new. Like, and I never. <laughs> I mean, everything that you said. <laughs> uh, when do you stop being fertile? Uh, it's, it's normally in your 40s. So your cycle during your 40s will go through some changes. Um, you actually can, can get a bit of a, an, an increase in fertility to some extent because your cycle might shorten. Um, it's what is known as like perimenopause. Really, your fertility completely stops when, you, when you've crossed yeah. the threshold of menopause. Um, but it, it will start to decline from your sort of mid-30s um, and, and then, yeah, really taper off and, and then okay. it's menopause when it's really done. Can previous abortion or miscarriage affect my fertility? It really depends on the circumstances. Like, without knowing the circumstances, it's really hard to know whether or not it would affect fertility because yeah, it depends. Was it? Was it? You know, what was the cause of the? You know, if it was a miscarriage, what was the cause of that? Um, and and what? You know, how was the abortion done? Like all of these things, they're all factors that that go into it. So, like in theory, no, it shouldn't have an impact. But case by case, like that would be a question for that person's doctor to see, like was there any you know were there any complications was there any impact you know what do we know okay another one is how long should my partner and i try to conceive try to conceive before seeking help for infertility on the nhs you have to have been trying to conceive for a year before you get help which is absolutely ridiculous what I really recommend is uh, there are doctors, they're called NAPRO doctors, and they use fertility awareness. And they're very much about finding the source of why you're not conceiving. And they will start investigations from something like three months of trying to conceive, as long as you've been cycle charting and you know that you're ovulating. So. If you're, if you're charting your cycle and you haven't become pregnant within three months of really well-timed sex, I would start an investigation then uh, after three months, if not after six months 
as long as you've been charting and you know that you're ovulating, number one, and that you're timing sex when you're fertile, if you weren't pregnant within three to six months, I would want help. Oh, so you were talking about um, working um, with uh, fertility awareness with you. Do you have any program, anything that you can offer to our listeners? Yeah, I have an, an online program. It's called Be Your Own Birth Control. And it's available on a tiered system. So it's a pre-recorded course, which people can just take. And that it comes as standard with one um, one-to-one session with me. And then they can just pay as they go to learn the method. And then we sort of go right the way up to uh, the highest tiers that I teach you live. Um, and we do a whole sort of six-month container of one-to-one work, really like honing down on the cycle and making sure that you're 100% covered. Wow. Um, where can we find you? Where can we contact you? So I'm at womanempower.co on Instagram. And my website is womanempowercoaching.com. And there are links to contact me, you know, via my DMs or via email through both of those. And there's a link to Be Your Own Birth Control, the course, in my the link in my bio and on my website as well. Thank you so much for thank you so much being our guest <laughs> Absolutely. and i hope uh, we will see you soon definitely thank you bye